Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that film and TV. Join Mike and James of the Nerdy Bible for this special companion series, Diving into the Chosen, a dramatic telling of the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. In this week's episode, James and Mike take a trip to Capernaum, pay their taxes, and dig into the debut episode of Season 1. So, what's I have called you by name? Here to episode one, technically uh, the second episode. We like to confuse people around here. Uh, but yes, episode one of the Chosen Companion series. Uh, my name is Mike uh, from Showboys Podcast. Joined with me uh, is my good friend. And uh, now I can say fellow podcaster because this <laughs> is your second. I held up one finger, but said second, your second episode uh with us at least uh so yeah i believe you are now a qualified podcaster uh, yes, anyway, my friend james how are you doing man great man how are you it's a uh, it's a good monday yes um i'm a little warm uh but we can talk about that in a minute but yeah james <laughs> uh is from the nerdy make sure you go check that out uh we were just talking right before we started uh he has a ridiculously cool banner on his on his website now that has like twinkling stars and it's uh, very fun to look at. So go look at it and then read all of his stuff and then listen to uh, the podcast episodes over there. Um, Thank you. Of course. Uh, yeah. So today's <laughs> Monday and um, it was an eventful day. We, uh, my wife came downstairs uh, this morning to get some, you know, chicken out of the, the freezer down here in the basement noticed a nice puddle under our furnace uh so that's not good and she's like hey check this out we got a cool puddle over here under this furnace and i'm like that's pretty red awesome came back you know went back to work she went and took our second grader to school came home and uh i took a break from work went and got in the shower because i had a chiropractor appointment or whatever uh decided not to be stinky for that um anyways i'm in the shower she comes in she's like uh so our house reeks of gas uh what do we do and i was like well i'm in the shower so i can't really do much but i would say probably go outside and <laughs> call the fire department uh so that's what she did um the fire department came checked it out nothing they couldn't detect anything they didn't pick anything dangerous up uh, so we were kind of baffled the smell kind of went away um make a long story short turns out uh you should change the air filters in your furnace uh somewhat more regularly than every four years because ours was so uh like packed full of of whatever nasty stuff they filter out um that it made a part in our furnace freeze because there was no airflow and then um <laughs> basically it fried the circuit board and the blower motor <laughs> so <laughs> the smell we were smelling was those parts frying um 
so it's really hot in my house right now. <laughs> Was it the fire I'm, department that pointed that out or? No, no. Uh, we had um, uh, a heating and cooling guy come huh. because uh, we had shut off the, the air conditioner <clears throat> when we first smelled the smell. And then uh, a, a little while after the fire department left, we turned the air back on because it was starting to get a little toasty because it was a little warm today. Uh, and after about half hour, the smell came back and it was coming through the vents. So we were like, all right, we, we know that it's not like anything dangerous, but it smells terrible. So we're just going to shut the air off. And uh, we called the, the heating and cooling guy and he basically was very disappointed in us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. He wasn't mad, just disappointed. Yeah, no, I think he was both. <laughs> I think he was both. Uh so for some reason I'm still wearing a hoodie, uh, but I am very sweaty. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So uh how's your day? It was good. Um better Monday than some of the last ones, you know. Um but good, it was good, good. good. Started uh my first day of seminary today. Very so. cool. Much different than, you know, my six years of physics, which is, you know, like, hey, here's these all these problems that you're going to solve and and math yeah. and, and that type of thing. Now it's like, here's the 15 papers that you're going to write this semester and um, and the amount of books and you're just going to read all these. And so nice. And uh, yeah, so it was a lot. It was it's fun, though. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a whole different animal but oh yeah i like writing i'm just not my wife would probably say i'm not the best at it nicely <laughs> <laughs> no nice. she she's very supportive but um yeah so i think it's going to hone my writing skills so i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about it that's yeah. cool i'm excited for you i know you're looking forward to starting that so mm -hmm. that's awesome that fine the, the time has finally come yeah. um with that being said, the time has finally come for us to break down the first episode um, of The Chosen, season one. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through uh, the entire episode here, uh, just like we do on the Showboys companion series, the many companion series that we've done, uh, kind of like we talked about last week. Uh, we're going to break down and kind of recap uh, each episode of The Chosen, um, talk about, you know, how they relate to uh, actual scripture, um, talk about the characters, talk about the impact these episodes have you know, had on us when we watched it, uh, all that sorts of stuff. Um, so let's get right into it. I'll read the episode summary here, and then we'll just go through, uh, you know, story arc by story arc and uh, break it down. So uh, first episode here is called I Have Called You By Name, of course, directed by Dallas Jenkins, and this released on April 21st, 2019, so, um, you know, three years ago. In Capernaum, 26 AD, Mary Magdalene, uh, going by the name Lilith, wrestles with real demons. While the Pharisee Nicodemus is touring the region, Praetor Quintus uh, approaches him, demanding help in collecting unpaid taxes. The tax collector Matthew deals with turmoil or with the turmoil of being considered a traitor by his fellow Jews. The fisherman Simon and his brother Andrew struggle with their tax debts to Rome. A centurion's at a centurion's behest, Nicodemus goes to the Red Quarter to perform an exorcism on Lilith, but fails, leaving him shaken. On tax day, Andrew is unable to pay, but Simon tells Matthew that he has an arrangement with Quintus 
The arrangement is to inform Quintus about his fellow Jews fishing on Shabbat, but Andrew disproves, considering it a betrayal. Lilith loses hope for her condition until she encounters Jesus, who calls Mary Magdalene by name, healing and restoring her. So um, this episode has quite a bit going on. Uh, I would say uh, it's pretty much double the length of the pilot. Uh, so we will have much more to work with here, uh, which I'm excited about. Um, first off, we'll just go, um, usually what we do is we'll just give like a general opinion about the episode itself before we really roll our sleeves up and get into, uh, the details here. So, um, if you can remember all the way back to the first time you saw this episode, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I would love your opinion of your rewatch, obviously, too. But if you can remember that initial watch, uh, like what were your thoughts after viewing this? I would say the end, I would have to jump there, but the end is a pretty big one for me. Um, So leading up to that, I'll go retro, um, respectively. There's a lot of like character building in it. So you're you know, learning a lot, like it's basically the episode is centered around Simon Peter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you got, um, Matthew and then Mary Magdalene. I think those are the main, I would say the main characters in that. Yeah. And so it's, there's a lot of just, yeah, just character building. You're, you're trying to understand who these characters are. And I think especially coming from somebody that may have read the Bible, you're, you get a sense of these characters from reading the Bible and just being a, you know, of what they're like and, and, and that type of thing. So when you start to see them playing out on the, on, on the screen, it's a, it's a, it makes you think a little bit, but I would say it was a little slow at times, but not bad. Um, like I said, though, the end is what is, is what gets it. It makes it that whole like 40 some minutes just make mm-hmm. complete sense. You know, not, not that it didn't make sense, right, but yeah, it yeah. just hits it home, you know? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the character building that we see in this episode and that we'll see throughout the series itself is very interesting because, um, anyone who's read the Bible at all will notice it's not very detailed uh, in most places. (laughs) So uh, the information Dallas has going into the series on all of the characters that he will use from the Bible, uh, pretty limited, I would venture to say. Um, So there's a lot of inferring, um, you know, maybe looking at other historical um, pieces to kind of like put together the puzzle of each character that is shown in the series. And I think I wish I would have screen grabbed this or um, wrote it down. Uh, the the text that happens in the very uh, start of the episode. Um, I'll find it while you're talking, but um, it basically is like, yeah, the series is based off of, you know, stories from the scripture. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of inferences going on and uh, you should definitely read the gospel. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but I'll look it up word for it because it's pretty good. Um, 
but yeah, there I would I would definitely agree with you. Uh, Simon, Mary, and um, Matthew are the big focuses here. I would also venture uh, or argue to say that uh, Nicodemus is a pretty big um, mm-hmm. point in this episode too. Uh, I love his character throughout the the series. Um, he's played by Eric Avari. He does a great job. Uh, and honestly, um, I would agree with you. My first watch, the end just gets me. It even got me here tonight. I watched it like right before I got on the computer to record this episode. Uh, and I looked over at my wife. We watched it again together. It got her again. Like, it's just the end is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing uh, from like a cinematic standpoint, uh, they, it, you could just tell, again, we kind of touched on it in the pilot, but it wasn't as evident in the pilot because I think they're working with a, a smaller budget and, and things of that nature. But the quality, uh, some of the, the shots you're getting, the cinematography's really good. Um, the acting is, I think, leagues above any other sort of Christian content that is <laughs> it has existed probably ever. <laughs> there, there's, um, it's just infinite amount of yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I, I believe Eric Avari is is like a legit actor. He's the guy who plays Nicodemus. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, he's one of those where I don't know if it's just because I've seen the show a few times now, where it's like he looks so familiar, and I haven't looked him up. Oh, he's uh he's been in. Okay, he is his known for section in on IMDb. He's Mister Deeds, or he's Cecil Anderson in Mister Deeds, Adam Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. He is uh Doctor Terrence Bay in the Mummy. He's in Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. He's in. He's like a legit mm-hmm. like actor. He's been in a lot, uh, quite a few blockbuster um, movies here. Uh, so it's cool that they're able to get like a legit like high caliber actor to play a character in this series. Um, but he, he isn't the only one that impresses. Uh, I, I really enjoy uh, the actor who plays Simon, who is uh, Shahar Isaac. I think he's uh, great. Uh, the actress who plays is Mary Magdalene. Uh, I think she does a, a fantastic mm-hmm. job throughout the series. That is El- uh, Elizabeth Tabish Tabish. Um, Paris Patel plays Matthew. He does a fantastic job. Uh, I honestly am a huge fan of Andrew in this, in in the series. I think his character is like good comedy relief. He's just like so pure hearted. I love Andrew so much. Um, he's played by, uh, Noah James, but just uh, across the board, the, the acting, in this series, like you said, head and shoulders above every piece of Christian content we've had uh, to date, I would say. Um, and you get a taste of that right off the bat here in episode one, which is awesome. Do you think you like Andrew so well because of his dynamic with with uh, Peter? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because it's They're, just that they balance each other yeah, well. And that, it's like that, that, that brotherly yeah, relationship it, uh-huh. is so good. Um, yeah, every time they're on the screen together, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, while I got the keyboard fired up, I'm going to look up that text in the, the very first. Oh, I got it right here. You do? So, Perfect. 
So it says the chosen is based on the true stories of the gospels of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters or dialogue have been added. However, all biblical and historical contexts and any artistic imagination are designed to support the truth and intention of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the gospels. The original names, locations, and phrases have been transliterated into English for anything spoken. So that's its little disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, And I like how like he, they put that out front, Mm -hmm. like right off the bat (laughs) just be like, look, like we're, we're doing our best to, we're trying to support and like tell you what, what we get out of the scripture, out of the gospels. Um, Yeah. Like what we're doing, like do not take this as the gospel. Uh Go read the gospels. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it does, um, we were kind of briefly discussed about it before we started the podcast, but um, I feel like these characters are built retrospectively from like, you know, the gospels, these people that have read the gospel so much and mm-hmm. they understand this and maybe acts, you know, giving yeah. them context, they know the history and then they take it back and build these characters. So it's like, you know, if you understand them biblically, you're going to see these patterns within them um, of their, their, the way that those characters are. Yeah. And I think another thing that you have to take into context when watching this, um, because like we said in episode zero, obviously anything centered around the Bible, around Jesus, around God is going to be heavily scrutinized. Right. And really like looked at, under the microscope mm-hmm. uh, from believers and non-believers alike. Um, <clears throat> I think I hear a bad comment being typed about us right now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah. I just felt an unsubscribe. Oh, yeah. uh, but it, you got to take into mind, like this is not a documentary, right? This isn't like, this is a work of fiction based it's on art. Yeah. It's, so, so like my, you know, my favorite term of this companion series will be creative liberty. So you have to keep in mind, like they're creating a show, a drama about the gospels of Jesus. Not that there wasn't drama in the gospels, but like if you're going to make a series and have characters, people are going to care about and make them relatable. Um, you're going to have to give them a backstory and, things that they have to you know go through and and things like that so um <clears throat> anyways i don't no, know i, I, was going I like what you that. said there though that it's it's fiction and yeah. it's not saying that the gospels are fiction it's saying that the stories here are are fabricated from the idea of truth like you know mm-hmm. i mean you have this you have this all the time in literature literature you know like um you don't have to be reading nonfiction to get truth there's truth mm-hmm. in fiction you know yeah. like that's very similar to if you look back at uh Dostoevsky's crime and punishment it's a book you know but it's a theolog or not theological a philosophical uh <laughs> philosophical book <laughs> so i don't know if i'll keep that in this or not but yeah. <laughs> a philosophy book but it's a fictional book about characters yeah. and so and there's so much truth in it if you really yeah. read it and unpack it 
um, which I have not. It's on my docket. I've heard a lot about it. Um, <laughs> it's literally the next fiction book that I'm reading. Nice. I have already downloaded it. and I'm super excited Perfect. about it. But go on. Um, no, yeah. I, it's just <laughs> that's I think that's what they're saying here with this disclaimer. Yeah. I think it's something that uh, maybe I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, this show probably upsets a lot of Christians due to the creative liberties they have with like the disciples, right. And maybe some things Jesus does in the series or how he's portrayed. Um, but like read the disclaimer, like this is mm-hmm. a fictional retelling and it tries to be, I think as accurate as it can be while being presented as a, drama uh, a dramatization of the gospels um and and like you said like there is uh, oftentimes truth you can find in in works of art um and i believe that that's why uh, you know art is used and created in the first place to mm-hmm. deliver a message right um but i just thought that was an important thing to get out of the way right at the start uh, because there are some controversial things, uh, for instance, how Matthew is portrayed. I would, I would, you know, <laughs> levy to say that probably um, is an issue for some people. Um, you said Le- Levy, yeah, Levi. Probably. This is, you know, never mind. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so let's just start right at the top. Uh, the opening scene, uh, we get like a flashback. I think it's like year two BC, I believe. I forget exactly where, um, but you know, we're we're at a a a home, and we have a father sitting outside by the fire, and his his young daughter comes out. She's like, "I'm scared, I'm scared," um, and he he comforts her, calms her down and, and reminds her of a scripture that they uh, often say in times like this. Uh, and it's from the scroll of Isaiah, correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it's Isaiah 43 one. Yes. And what does that say, sir? Trying to get the, probably something very similar to the, version that um that they use in the in the show yeah but i'll just read this it's the new living translation i don't know i just but now oh jacob listen to the lord who created you oh israel the one who formed you says do not be afraid for i have ransomed you i have called you by name you are mine yes uh very very good piece of scripture um i think uh they they use in the show uh redeemed instead of ransomed mm-hmm. which i think is also an, and yeah. both words are excellent um but but you're going to want to stick a pin here in this scene uh cuz this plays a big part later on in the episode um but it's kind of funny honestly because uh sorry i'm clicking my pen like right by the microphone uh <laughs> It's kind of funny, though, because uh, whenever, you know, when we put the girls to bed, there are a few scriptures that they like to say or whatever. Um, and my my oldest would have nightmares every once in a while, like a couple of years ago. Excuse me. Uh, and one of the one of the scriptures that sorry, now the hiccups. 
it's a great time to be over here and to be my microphone. Uh, one of the scriptures she would say is like, I think it's Isaiah 41, 13 or something where it's like, uh, the Lord says to me, uh, do not be afraid. I'm with you or something like that. I can't remember on the spot now, of course, even though I've literally said it with her for like three years, every night at bedtime. Um, but it was just like, um, I don't know, funny to see that on the episode because it was a father with his young daughter who was afraid of something. She didn't even know what she was just scared, uh, using a scripture from Isaiah, basically telling her not to be afraid because the Lord, the Lord's with you. The Lord has you. You are the Lord's. Um, I don't know. I thought that was like a cool little parallel with my life. Um, but for I am the Lord, your God, who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Is that it? Yep. All right. Perfect. Uh, but we say like the kid version because I don't think she'll remember all that. <laughs> but yes, that's it. <clears throat> uh, so it's like it's pretty similar to the one uh, mm -hmm. this little girl saying here. Um but yeah, we go uh, transition from that scene to um, an older lady waking up in her bed, uh, clearly distraught, sweaty, just like I am right now. I'm so sweaty right now. Um, <laughs> she wakes up. Uh, she has like blood on her hands. Uh, she's, you know, not well. Uh, and we get a camera shot over panning across the room and we see the same like little wooden doll that the little girl had in the, the opening scene. So we know this is the same person here uh, in present time. Uh, but yeah, it, it appears this lady is not doing well and she attacks some dude because he's running through the square like blood all over his, his face. She's got blood on her hands. Yeah, literally blood. And, on but her it's hands. like in a confusion and confused state. Like, yeah, doesn't understand why. But she hears the dude screaming. Yeah. Um, and this flashback was a, a dream she was having. Because, uh, like, as soon as they say that scripture, she, like, wakes up. <clears throat> uh, but anyways, uh, so that's going on. Uh, and we're then introduced to, I, I want to say, this is where we're introduced to Matthew as he's getting ready to go to work i don't know if we if we see nicodemus first or matthew but we'll just go with matthew because it's in my mind right now mm -hmm. uh, but we're introduced to this character he's getting ready for something he's like going through his wardrobe he's got a lot of nice uh clean clothes which not very common in this area of town that we're in um he has like rows of sandals it kind of looks like my wife's side of the closet <laughs> it's just like tons of shoes uh he's getting ready uh he comes outside he's like disgusted with you know there's like poop on the floor or like on the ground from like the horses or goats or lambs or whatever that's you know going he's through the clearly streets. out of place yeah he does not feel comfortable he is disgusted he steps in a pile honestly um but he like hires a a local to like cart him where he has to go in secret like he climbs in the cart cover it there there's some funny uh dialogue here um but uh th this character uh we learn this is matthew uh he's he's on his way to uh his job which is uh being a tax collector for the Romans. Um, and he's obviously being escorted there in secret because the Jews do not like the tax collectors because 
they're collecting taxes for their oppressors uh, and making life very, very difficult for them. Uh, so he's you know trying to avoid conflict uh, in, in hiding there. Um, but one thing we'll, we notice right away off the bat is Matthew is um, different. He's very particular. He's mm-hmm. That's a good word. OCD in nature. <laughs> He's got like a, a a rag in his hand. Like he when he goes outside, like he covers his nose and and mouth to like you know I'm assuming like keep the stench out or maybe any germs or whatever. Um, but like as soon as he steps in the the pile of poo, right? He like immediately takes his sandals off. He has a backup pair in, in his bag and he throws them, uh, you know, on uh-huh. the side of the road and, the, and his escort's like, dude, what are you like? That's a month's salary. Your, your <laughs> sandals are like the equivalent of a month's salary for me. You're just going to throw them to the side. Um, so that just gives you an idea of like Matthew's mm-hmm. place in, in this uh, society versus all the other Jews <laughs> in this place. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's building the idea of what a tax collector is. Um, because I was trying to, I was thinking about it. I never really asked the question, like, are all tax collectors Jewish? And I think the, I mean, I don't want to just go ahead and say yes, but I think for the most part, they are. And it looked like I was doing some research that they would bid. So the high, um, high class um, Jewish people would bid for these positions and and actually and 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 become tax collectors. So it's really never really thought about that before yeah, this. And it, and so it really is this weird position because it's almost like they levy to 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 be this, mm-hmm. but they're hated. But yeah. they they make a lot of yeah, but they're money doing con- it. Yeah, they probably have tax pretty well because <laughs> <laughs> Matthew very clearly is more well off than uh, than the other people here. Um, yeah, and they like they make comments throughout the episode. You know, mm-hmm. other Jews or even like uh, his like Roman handler. I'll just call him that. Uh, which is funny because later on, uh, or maybe it's at, towards the end of this little segment of Matthew where they're like going to report their collections to mm-hmm. the the empire or whatever there's like each tax tax collector in line is a jew and they're accompanied by like a roman handler <laughs> yes and it's because it's almost like i feel like those positions are probably somewhat mocked in, in like a sarcastic way like they're probably not like highly revered um you know, people don't high, like respect these, yeah, uh, these, like these people babysitters. and the Romans are, <laughs> yeah, the Romans are, are like, well, here, we're going to put this centurion with you and you're, yeah. you're going to watch you to make sure that you're doing your job right. Because we don't actually really trust you. But yeah. We're going to put you in this level of like, um, <laughs> that power, well, kind of power. I mean, power over what's lesser than yeah. him, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, Matthews is clearly portrayed as, um, I would even lean to say like autistic, maybe like on the spectrum, hi- highly functioning, you... maybe Asperger's like, yeah, definitely on the spectrum. Um, or very, very highly OCD 
or is very, there really a difference? Like maybe both, maybe a little. He's just both. very particular, like you said. Yeah. Just, just every little nuance mm. to him is very. Uh, and I think this might, uh, I don't want to say be upsetting, but might be one of those points where people are like, "Where did you get that from?" You know, like one of my my fancy oh, my yeah. fancy saying. Uh, the, one of the creative liberties <laughs> that creative might liberties. Uh, you know create some tension with most Christians. <laughs> I would agree with that. I don't really get that from scripture. I don't know, and it's almost like I I want to go back and reread Matthew, looking for this theme. You know, mm-hmm. like why did they portray him this way? I, I don't, I don't fully have a grasp of of why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, Matthew obviously is a very important and prominent character, so this will be discussed probably many times throughout the companion series. Um, and I think is at least in the show uh, a reason why. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to it when we get to it. But um, yeah, I'm very interested to know uh, like where what information they came across that supported this, or if this was just uh, one of those creative creative liberties they took um, to demonstrate a point where like because they do this with. Um, uh, another one of Jesus's followers in the series uh, where, you know, it, it's, it's showing like, it doesn't matter who you are, like your, your place in society. Um, it doesn't matter like your righteousness, right? Like you see that with Mary, we'll get to that by the end of the episode, uh, your, your holiness, your, uh, purity, your, um, I don't know whether or not you're, you know, if you're listening to the audio version, like air quote normal or, uh, you know, on the spectrum or X, Y, Z, like Jesus will come. He'll see you where you are for who you are. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter to him. Like you still receive the same love, the same salvation and can still be used in the same manner as your quote unquote normal person or, you know, insert whatever adjective you want. Um, so I don't know if that's like a, a thing, a point they were trying to prove right by taking this direction with Matthew, or if they have like actual evidence supporting you know, that's how Matthew was, which I, I don't know. Maybe there is. I've, I haven't dug through the text, you know, <laughs> so to speak. But. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the way he starts out particular about like. De- the, maybe it's the way he details his account of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, but then I don't know. I mean, I love reading um, Luke's perspective just because he's very analytical I mean, he was he was a, a a doctor, so it's like the way he presents it is in a, in a, a more um, <clears throat> it's more relatable to me and how I think. So I don't know if it's if there's there's something about the way he writes it. I, I like again, yeah. I I want to I want to reread it just all the way through 
looking for this theme, like what, or maybe just hear an interview of why <laughs> that would be a little bit easier, but yeah. Or Dallas. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, I know you're listening. You should come on the show and talk to us. Well, um, but yeah, so, so that's how we're introduced to Matthew. Uh, we're then introduced to um, the Pharisee Nicodemus. He's um, on a little cart ride. Uh, through the countryside, and he stopped by the Romans, uh, and we're also introduced to uh, Praetor Quintus here, too. Um, but we see Nicodemus, he is um, what they call him, the teacher of teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on his way to Capernaum here to do some address, you know, some sort of teaching, be honored in some way. Um, and he stopped by Quintus here because, you know, of course, the Romans looking to collect every ounce of tax they can. Uh, he he knows who Nicodemus is and knows his influence. And he's like, listen, you know, help us get those those taxes. Help us get get the 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 tax that we're owed on. I think like the Shabbat. Yeah, well, halls or something. So Shabbat is just a another word for like Saturday, their Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're saying in this is that fishermen would go out on the Sabbath and defy the Jewish law and yeah. catch fish. I guess that'd be a good thing to explain to people. Yeah. yeah. Know, Cause that's kind of pretty. Yeah. So <laughs> Sabbath, like there's a lot of law, uh, rules around Sabbath and what you can do. And it's very, um, particular <laughs> about what you can do and what you can't do. And like you see throughout, I mean, not just this series, the gospels in general of people that are doing oh, things, yeah. you know, even like Jesus comes in and he does things on the Sabbath and, and you oh, have Pharisees so that mad. are pointing out, what do you mean you're doing this? And, and so, you know, that's a little <clears throat> side note, but um, so basically their fishermen are going out on the Sabbath when they shouldn't be and they're catching fish but by doing it in secrecy, they're catching fish. And what do they, don't they have to do? They don't Just pay to taxes it. because yeah. they're not reporting it because if they reported it, they're, they're getting pointed the out by exactly the lawyers. Yeah. I think last week we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the, a lot of times they say, woe to you lawyers. Um, the other word that they always use is woe to you Pharisees, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like uh, Pharisees are, are the high ups that are, Basically, well, there's Pharisees and Sadducees, um, and it really just goes on to whether they like um, identify with like oral law, law or like so. It's going a little too deep, but basically, they're <laughs> they're um, I mean, yeah, they're enforcing your website, I guess. Yeah, they're for <laughs> enforcing the law is essentially yeah. what they're they're doing it, and um, it's a weird dynamic when you have <clears throat> excuse me Rome which in that day was the law. I mean, even what did Quintus say in, in there? He's like, um, all yeah, the um, only official businesses is, is Roman, Roman business. business. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's this weird dynamic because the Rome, the Romans, Rome is oppressing um, Jews, but it's also like they're letting them keep aspects of their culture as long as it doesn't you know it's like giving them just enough to keep them tame (laughs) right but the point here is that they're fishing on sabbath and not presenting their their catching that what they catch so therefore they're not paying taxes and and uh they're not giving to caesar what is caesar's 
Mm-hmm. And it's important to note here too, Quintus knows uh, the influence somebody like Nicodemus has to the Jews, right? And he even goes out and references like, um, you know, the the crazy dude out in the wilderness. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh yeah john, john the baptizer john, yeah. uh your then, bug-eating friend i think is what yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter says later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh he references you know other religious leaders uh he references he even says something like you're coming messiah or whatever but he's noting all these people that rome has their eyes on because they know that these people hold influence uh to the public, right? To the people that Rome is trying to have control over. So he's kind of, I, this is also like one of those power moves by Quintus where he's like, I know who you are and what you can do. And like, don't think you can just like, you know, kind of like come in here and just do whatever you want. Like we've got our eyes on you, by the way, you need to do this for me. Now help us report those taxes. Which is so weird that the, it almost just seems like the perfect fit for like a Roman occupation. Like here's this culture and society that, that governs themselves by very strict laws. And I don't have to really fully force these people to continue to oppress them. I just manipulate their leaders. It's it's a, it's very sophisticated yeah. is what I would, I would analyze and say. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes, this is how we meet Nicodemus. We also are introduced to, of course, Simon and Andrew. Uh, this is a, a fun introduction, too. It's kind of like a little <laughs> underground fight club they have going <laughs> on. <laughs> Except uh, it's with Peter's um, wife's brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a weird fight club. I didn't say it was a fight club. club is... the, yeah, doesn't make the most sense. Uh, but uh you know we have simon here uh trying to like hustle um who we learned to that you know is his brother-in-law jehoshaphat um basically you know everyone's betting on this fight between simon and jehoshaphat and simon's throwing it you know like making it look like he's about to lose so everyone starts to bet for jehoshaphat and then Simon comes back and he see is seemingly about to win. And then uh, Jehoshaphat's brother comes in and, or is it cousin? I forget. Somebody related to Jehoshaphat comes in and knocks out Simon and Simon and Andrew lose all their money. And it's, it's sad because the con man got conned. Uh, but it was, it was a, an interesting fun scene. Again, I like uh, the two actors that play Simon and Peter. I think they do a great job here. We have, Again, Noah James plays Andrew and Shahar Isaac plays Simon. Uh, two very good and captivating characters on screen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like every scene these guys are in. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you think about the introduction here with Simon and Andrew? I think it's so I really first off, I like the dynamic between the two. Um, I really do. It's just a perfect balance of them. But I also think that the way that they portray Peter is just great. Um, Peter is one of my favorite characters in, in the new Testament. Um, Just the way it reminds me of how I can be 
very quick to like, like if you really look at the things Peter does throughout the gospels, like he does some very dumb things, but it's not <laughs> because he's dumb. He's like, he's very smart. And, and you can see that by the way he almost like matures throughout acts, like just mm-hmm. to jump fully ahead. But like, he just is so quick to jump onto something that shows that he put zero thought into what he's about to do. And I think that that you can see by what he does, even in the first episode, I mean, he goes out fishing on 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 uh, uh, Shabbat. And so. It's like the way he just does these things, he doesn't really put much thought into them. He's like more of a reactory reacting mm-hmm. person. And so you can see that in just the little things he does, the big things he does. So I love how they're portraying him, like as opposed to how we see Matthew portrayed, which is like confusing to me mm-hmm. um the way that they portray um peter is is very i think it's pretty good and i'm also drawing from future episodes because i can't just like take yeah, that yeah, out yeah. of my head right. um i know what he's like and the now, way he for, reacts to things for anyone who isn't <clears throat> like completely current with the chosen maybe watching along with us episode by episode or have not seen any of the chosen uh he is called Simon at this point of the show, uh, but we know this later becomes Peter. Simon. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. That was, um, so whenever one of us, you know, slips up and says, Peter, we're talking about Simon. Um, mm. It got to <laughs> like love I've the Bible. They do that all up. the time. <laughs> They're always changing names. Well, um, a lot of it's too um, with translations from Greek mm-hmm. and Hebrew. And, and so it's yeah. like, I think, I think a lot of people get that wrong with like, uh, for instance, Paul and Saul. Like, I think there's been a lot of like sermons you hear and they're like, oh, and they renamed him. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's how it was. I think it's just a translate, but, but go on. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so, uh, you know, Simon and Andrew, we learn they're not uh, exactly in the best financial state here. um, And that, you know, Simon's trying to, to play a little con, get a a little scratch here. Um, They're, they're fishermen by trade um brothers of course uh and we again learn a few minutes after this fight scene that uh i think we actually learned during the fight scene uh during the banter between simon and jehoshaphat that simon is in fact married to jehoshaphat's sister mm-hmm. um but yeah later on in the episode uh it, you know tax day comes and simon and andrew uh are you know stressing honestly about how they're going to pay their taxes because um, they're not doing so great in the fishing business lately. Uh, We learn that, you know, there are some merchants doing some like big brain fishing moves on, uh, I think it's on the Shabbat. They are basically stringing a ton of like, I think he said six nets together Mm. and like trolling the fishing area, you know, basically hauling in these huge catches. And then when, Simon goes out like he's not able to he can't catch anything because they're all taken. Um so they're kind of you know they're they're the brick and mortar to the to the big box store fishermen, right? Like <laughs> Simon and Peter are your local uh coffee shop, and these merchants are the Starbucks swooping in and taking all the business. <laughs> I picture Goofy out in the boat. Yes, the, the gone fishing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> trying to catch a fish um 
but they're they're like stressing out right um they don't know how they're going to pay their taxes like andrew's talking about how you know right before simon goes out on the shabbat to uh you know do his illegal fishing um they're like you know they're going to take the boat like we're going to lose the boat i'm going to lose my house like i don't i can't pay uh when they get to the tax booth right and matthew's you know going through their account like what did they say andrew's like six weeks late or something like not in a good position at all um and here you know we're kind of jumping ahead i think what what might be the best is follow each character through the episode yeah since there's going to be a lot of jumping around uh so we'll just finish out simon and andrews here um so Simon behind Andrew's back uh, devised, hatched a plan, right, to pay their debts with the Romans. Uh, when he discovered this merchant boat, like, with their huge haul on the Shabbat, he basically kind of, like, reported it to the Romans because when he, uh, you know, docked his boat, he was about to be arrested by the Romans um, who caught him out there. And he's like, wait, don't arrest me. Uh, I can, I can give you somebody even better to arrest or tax. Uh, so he basically makes a deal. Like, I'll turn these fishermen into you, uh, and you call our debt even for my brother and I. And they agree. Uh, Simon tells Andrew. Andrew's not happy. Uh, Andrew, he's a little sweetheart. Um, always putting everyone above himself. And he's like, dude, we can't do that. Like we're betraying our own people. Like Mm -hmm. who cares if they're merchants, right? And kind of who cares if they're kind of screwing us over, honestly, uh, by this big brain fishing tactic they have going on. We can't turn, we we can't turn in fellow Jews to the Romans. Like that's just not cool. Um, And, you know, Simon, he's annoyed because he's trying to, trying to do what's best for him and his family. And Andrew, you know, uh, so that's kind of like where we leave off there. There's kind of a little rift between Simon and Andrew. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you're, you're a fan of, of the portrayal of Simon. What do you think about Andrew? I think he, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know enough about the actual biblical um, account of him. I'm sh- I don't even know. I'm not recalling much about it, Um, but I think he's good. I think, like I said, I, my mind goes to Peter or Simon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My mind goes to Simon because I feel like I understand him more. So just the balance there is just, I think it's perfect. So I don't know if that's a creative Liberty or not. Again, that would be another thing I have to look. I don't know if there's that much about him to even interpret his character in the, in, you know, yeah. in, in the actual gospels. Yeah. Um, that's a very good point. Uh, what else we got here? So that, that wraps up Simon and Andrew. Um, we've, we've pretty much wrapped up Matthew. I mean, at this point they didn't really do much with Matthew other than introduce him and point out that, he is a very not liked Jewish tax collector. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
So that leaves uh, Nicodemus and Mary Magdalene. So, um, Nicodemus goes, I think, uh, I think this happens while he's visiting a synagogue, uh, a Roman centurion comes in. He's like, Hey, you know, we got this crazy lady over in the red quarter. Um, you know, you should go take a look. <laughs> and, uh, Nicodemus is not, um, wanting to do this. I forget what the exact reason that, do you remember well, he just, I think the area of town is implied, I think it implies like prostitution yeah, and just yeah. uncleanness. So I think yeah. it's, he's just like, no, we don't, not we, somewhere holy people of don't, his stature. Yeah, we will not found. be, we don't go to that area. I mean, yeah. even him walk as they cut to the scene of him, um, spoiler alert, actually walking to there, he's just like disgusted and kind of just not even out of place but just like it's like an alien like yeah like because even not... everyone is like looking at him like what are you doing <laughs> like... yeah yeah even <laughs> that, um but yeah i like how they're they're just like yeah you it's not an option you're going there yeah yeah uh, let me be... rephrase that he's like this uh... is the, the teacher of teachers <laughs> and he's like well i'm gonna take my fire of fires yeah. and oh, burn down it. your um <laughs> so it was yeah, not a nice synagogue you have here it'd be a shame if it was yeah, my... on fire uh-huh. <laughs> that so... i loved that line though like <laughs> my fire of fires yeah <laughs> um so yeah no i I don't remember what the original question was. Oh, like why he didn't uh, want. To oh yeah. Yeah. That's quarter. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A man of his stature uh, and position um, would never be caught, you know, alive or dead in the red quarter. Um, but the centurion did not take no for an answer. And, and Nicodemus uh, had to go check it out. So he goes and we kind of get like, the closest thing to Christian horror that you will get on screen. And honestly, not bad. I mean, it's pretty like spooky ish intense. Uh, as Nicodemus goes down into Mary's room. It's very um, exorcist. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> like the rooms all out of sorts, like the beds flipped over. Like it's basically just torn apart. It's like a, tornado went through the room um and nicodemus is like uh like really not wanting to go down there like just the look on his face he he looks uh worried and and honestly scared a little bit um apprehensive maybe maybe a better word there um but he had he has his his exorcism gear he's got the incense and uh, the materials he had one of his little, um, you know, minions go grab for him. Uh, and he goes down and he's, you know, declaring, you know, the scriptures uh, over this room, over this this uh, possessed uh, woman. Uh, because we, even before he goes down into the room, you can hear her as he's making his way mm-hmm. to the, the the room, the building or whatever. Uh, you can hear her screaming and uh, the locals there are like, oh, it's classic Mary being Mary. Just <laughs> give her just give her some give time. Her a few minutes. She'll work it out. And... <laughs> She'll be OK. Uh-huh. Um, 
but you know after enough screams and and things like uh the lady that's having this conversation with nicodemus like all right you can get rid of this you can cure this um have at it so nicodemus makes his way down into the room he's basically trying to perform an exorcism uh and mary just like lurks up over the the footboard of the bed and um it well it it wasn't mary but uh yes uh she basically is like bro this is you might as well leave this is not working yeah (laughs) Uh, but it's great because like it actually is like in context to christian media this is pretty spooky like they have a cool effect on her voice where it's like her voice but then they like have a couple octaves much lower so you get that like, well, it, like plastic. It wasn't that dramatized, but it was enough. Yeah, there's was... a, there's stuff in there. Uh <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was good. It was effective. It was a nice yeah, attempt. Was. Um but yeah, basically Nicodemus already being a little shook having to go down here is I... definitely shook to his core during this confrontation because basically what he's known like base his whole pharisee life didn't work right and this sends him kind of into a spiral questioning like what he's believed in this whole time yeah and i like how they portrayed it if they didn't almost they didn't focus on like her being possessed like it wasn't like literally the exorcist where it's like you know the head's turning and this yeah it really did show like a level of mental illness that was in her you know Mm -hmm. they they i think they did a good job of of i don't know i don't want to say humanizing but um yeah I think a level of of portraying it in a more realistic way. Yeah, in a more modern perspective of it, you know, rather than I feel like, you know, she's more... not like crawling around on the ceiling, like. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so so it's like this mental. Not to say that like, you know, taking lightly the idea of a spiritual, you know, the ideas, but but it's like a mental illness. You can see it in her, the way she's reacting. It wasn't mm-hmm. like. It wasn't like this voice that came out, like, um, like speaking from a outside perspective, you know, or like a third party. I don't know. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like what you're saying. Um, and you can see that the, her episode is triggered by things um, before this interaction. Uh, she's already starting to go into an episode and then she like looks out of her door and she sees uh, a guard harassing a woman out there. And then you get a flashback of a not so pleasant scene uh, of a guard and an interaction that they had with Mary uh, again, sending her further down the spiral. Um, But yeah, uh, I think they do a good job of portraying a, a possession in somewhat realistic grounded terms uh because this is a whole other topic that could be you know we could spend hours on um Mm -hmm. but like you know i think possession is a real thing uh you're not going to get like the crawling on the ceiling head spinning around things that you get in in 
you know, your fictional movie takes of, of exorcism and stuff. But, uh, you know, if, if God in heaven is real, then Satan and hell are real. And there are spiritual forces. There's spiritual, you know, things, there's angels, there's demons. There's, I mean, it's, it's in the Bible, like, right. We can't believe in one thing in the Bible and not believe in another. Uh, so again, that's a whole other topic that we could (laughs) spend a lot of time discussing. Um, but I think the real thing, the focus of the scene, of course, is on what is happening to Mary. But I think what shouldn't be overlooked is what impact this has on Nicodemus. Because, again, this really like gets his wheels turning. And he's like, later on in the episode with the conversation he's having with his wife, he's questioning like what his life basically has been up to this point. Um, and you'll see that play out further on in the season. Uh, but what did, what did you take from Nicodemus's uh, perspective? No, I like that because he, he's a sta- he's at a stance of of leadership. And I feel like even he brings up later on, you just said, you know, why do people come to me asking things almost like he's questioning his own knowledge on it. And, and so, and his wife says like, you know, you, you speak from a a level of like, you don't ask questions. People ask questions to you, you answer, you know, because you have the answers you're, you speak of authority with authority. And so I think even him seeing that right there, it's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's a deep question because literally what he said was, only what did he say only god himself could mm-hmm. remove that that evil spirit from from her yeah and it, it it's like a it's like a humbling thing for some like teacher of teachers who's typically walks into a room of of pharisees and they all give him the respect and mm-hmm. and an honor and like question ask him questions and yeah. pull from his Right. You know, repository of knowledge. And so he's the expert. Exactly. The top. Right. And and he he's the judge and, you know, not the judge, but in in some regards, you know, like the main, you know, head on show of 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 at least of um, Capernaum where where they're at right now, since he's traveled there from, I think, from Jerusalem. I think he's. Mm. But so the point is that. He just you're right. He just questions it now. And, and he's realizing there's something deeper to this because there are, there was no, like there's, there's no humanly ritual that could be done to cure her. Yeah. There's something deeper and he's questioning his power now. Yeah. Like, you know, it almost like almost like I feel like in that moment he got closer to God because he's like, OK, so now there's something missing and I'm going to I thought I knew, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to dig deeper because I want to know more because there's something that I'm missing. And it's probably I feel like you get to that. It, it's really in anything education. You get to a point in 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 science or, or or theology or philosophy. You get to this point where you feel like, you know, more than you can learn. And then something happens to where you realize like, oh, like there is more to learn and you gain this excitement back and what, whatever. But I think this is that pivotal point. He's going yeah. through a midlife crisis, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, because like you said, I'm sure he's not used to walking not into knowing. a problem and not being uh-huh. able to fix it or being yeah. the person that fixes it, right? Uh, in in the realm of his expertise. Uh, but yeah, you're right. In the conversation with his wife, he does say something along the lines of basically, you know, only God can can cure this ailment, right? And then again, when he's uh, teaching or talking to his students or whatever uh, in a later scene where he's talking about the whole instance that happened, he again says like, you know, she's a lost cause. Like we can't, Uh you know, us humans, like this cannot be fixed by a man's hand. Uh, That's not like exactly what he said, but basically the, the, the gist of, of what he was getting across there. But twice in the episode, he admits that like, this can't, this is, this needs uh, some divine intervention because I couldn't fix this problem. I don't think anyone else would be able to. And you know what he's, I'm realizing now I'm connecting the dots here. He also is realizing there's something horribly broken about the system. Um, And that's like, I think the main point that's driving his, his questioning is because he's looking at this and he's saying like, to his wife, he's like, why do I have to, how does he say it? He's like, I, why do I have to always be on putting on a show for the other Pharisees? And he's looking at this and he's like, I'm never actually in situations that are hard like this. I mean, even you could see it as he's walking into that terrible yeah, yeah. area and that he's so out of place and he feels it and he can't even really even remotely relate to anything in that situation and he's yeah. sitting there and he's like there is something horribly wrong like i'm supposed to be for the people but all i find myself surrounded by are people that are i don't know what is the, the modern yes men or whatever oh yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like yeah. he's surrounding himself by people that are just just always going to um give him respect i don't know <laughs> but, yeah yeah well, and like his wife even says, like, you leave the exorcisms to the exorcist or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But, uh-huh. but yeah, it's a it's a very interesting thing that is ha- starting to happen with Nicodemus that I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think at some point in time, everyone goes through this. Um, and I think that going through something like this is a healthy thing to go through. Right. It's never I don't think it's uh, the wisest thing to think that you always know all the answers. Right. Or that, that you can't learn something new, uh, can't be taught um, mm-hmm. in any area of life. <laughs> but most importantly, I think spiritually um, thinking that you have all the answers, uh, you start to fall into a dangerous area. Um so I think it's okay to question things, to have those thoughts run through your head because it should cause you to dig mm-hmm. deeper to find the answers. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's kind of your whole shtick, right? No, that is, that is my whole thing. That's, <laughs> no, that is literally everything. No, I, I think I find in in science, what I love about it, is that you come up with this this 
I don't know. We'll say, we'll just use an example, gravity, right? You have gravity that is understood from what is called the Newtonian perspective, right? Newton's idea of what gravity is, and which is stemmed from Galileo, this very fundamental um, laws. And then you get deeper and you're like, oh, so then you go into like the Einstein, Einsteinian? The Einstein Just perspective. Say it with confidence. Yeah. I'll believe everything you're saying right the now. The Einstein-Tonian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, why can't I think of that word? But the reality is like he, it's it's deeper. And science is always saying like, okay, here's something I knew. I'm questioning it. I'm fi- figuring out a better perspective of it or a better law or deeper understanding of it. And it, I don't have to hold true to the older thing. And I think that's where I've seen that be conflicting in, in a more um, religious aspect is I see people hold on to these, what are, I guess, fundamental laws. Like, you know, if people just, if we were to just stuck to Newton's idea of what gravity is, we wouldn't have satellites out there doing what they're doing right now. And, And that's why your phone would say a different time than what my phone is without, you know, general relativity correcting for those things. So mm-hmm. we constantly asking new questions that are revisiting old answers is like what my stick is, you know, it's what I, I, <laughs> I, the whole idea of what I'm doing is I want to ask questions towards, yeah. you know, but yeah. So I just think that the whole idea of Nicod- Nicodemus is just so great because it's, it's like a higher up person questioning um, mm. everything and yeah. not like questioning his faith necessarily. It's more of like, did I understand this wrong my whole life? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is so it's, I think we always need to think in that perspective because if not, yeah, then how do we ever yeah. know we're wrong? And I think, um, as the series progresses, uh, Nicodemus has one of my favorite arcs uh, up to this point. Yeah. Um, so, just for those of you maybe ha- who have <laughs> not seen this or are watching along with us, keep your eye on Nicodemus. Uh, he's he's got a cool he's got a cool arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, so. After this whole ordeal, Mary then wakes up somewhere else again. (laughs) Uh, And again, she's very distraught because this is horrible, um, both probably physically and mentally. Um, And I think uh, in this episode twice, uh, I don't remember if this is, the first time happens after this exorcism attempt or before, but she, you know, finds herself going to this bar, talking to this barkeep, um, who they clearly have some sort of friendly relationship, caring mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, he knows of her uh, afflictions. He like, you know, tries to comfort her. He gives her like some weird soup drink concoction that supposedly will make her feel better. Uh, but you, you can tell that, that he really cares about her well-being and she has like a respect and honor for this guy uh, because she continues to go to him. 
um, and accepts his his care. Uh, <clears throat> but here at the end of the episode, uh, well, she well no go ahead. Hold on, there's something missing between the two. I, I had to think for a moment. Um, the first time she's at the bar, that's what happens. But in between that, there's a, a scene. I don't know if that's where you're about to go into. Oh, no. No, go ahead. Um, so she actually makes her way all the way to the ledge of a cliff. Yes. I, it, it took me a moment, no, and I this, had to connect the dots. This is super. And important. this episode had a lot of dark moments in it. It did, but... <clears throat> But I, you know, I, I'll I'll save my thoughts on this for for after the final scene. But um, so she makes it to the ledge, and it alludes to that she is just done. You know that it's mm. just like she's just she's given up in some regard. Even in the yeah. first scene, she's given her that doll that you've seen her yes. with. She gave that to the barkeep to say she's like, don't you have? multiple kids Mm -hmm. she's like i don't need it anymore here you go also hidden in the doll Mm. was uh a written uh little piece of paper of the scripture that her and her father would say when she Mm -hmm. would be scared uh and i think before the episode that nicodemus comes in and tries to solve she's like trying to read it or maybe it was like right after anyway she's reading it and then like gets mad and rips it up and mm-hmm. uh, in this scene that you're talking about where she goes to the ledge, she chucks the the torn up paper over the, the ledge. And then it's inferred that she's having some serious thoughts and consideration of also chucking herself off the ledge. Um, and, you know, she gets distracted by a mm-hmm. bird, which I'm going to assume is going is a dove. Yes, um, I, I will say they chose like the weirdest angle to show this bird at. <laughs> like every time it was on the screen, I was like, "This is so awkward." Um, but yes, continue on with uh, what you were going to say about the scene. So yeah, no, and and so she's standing at the ledge. She sees this dove. Well, and you know how hard it is to get a dove on camera, right? Oh, right I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that's the perspective. <laughs> In one shot, and then the dove's gone. Yeah, and then no. they reuse that same shot every time that the shot was... actually took took them to get fifty doves to get the scene right. Yeah. <laughs> they can never get it right. But no, so Mary makes her way, and she's following this dove. That's um, probably multiple actual doves. They, you know, they lost a couple, but it's a really it's making... good, uh, you know, acting dove. They just yeah. got like one single take of this one dove flying uh-huh. straight. So, so it, it's guiding her. It's clear that it's, I guess in the, in the beginning of it, you're not really sure if it's actually like, you know, it's not like divine or anything. It's just a dove and it's, it's distracted her from this ledge and she's following it and it leads her right back to the bar um, where she was, you know, so she goes on it and does her little secret knock on the bar door and, and there she is now sitting at the bar mm-hmm. and what you can, she's, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, some not nasty, disgusting soup drink. She's trying to get the hard stuff. The bar keeps like, no, 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 this isn't for you. This is, you know, this is a, a way to like escape your, your pains, not cure them. 
she she isn't having any of it. Uh, but one important thing is she's approached by a probably rather stinky, uh, drunken gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, probably for prostitution. I'm assuming uh, that's what I think was implied there. She shoes him off, uh, and you know, angrily he leaves. Uh, but as she's about to grab the drink. A hand is placed on hers, like preventing her, and she gets mad because she thinks it's that guy again. She's like, "Hey, I already told you." Uh, and the camera pans over, and wouldn't you know, uh, it's not that guy. It's uh, Jesus. Uh, but you know, I mean, they don't say that. But come on, you got you got. I think it's a yeah. You infer it pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe like the first few seconds. You're you don't really I mean he looks like like a Yeah, Jesus. He, he looks like a... <laughs> no. uh but yeah, I mean he doesn't say he's just like this I forget is not, exactly what I he think says. he said uh he said this is not for you or mm, something yeah. like that and and she's just combative she storms out and she's like don't don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's very upset. Uh, yeah. And but she leaves with the drink. And is upset and distraught, and she's she's drink trying to drink it as she's moving away, and as she exits the bar, here is Jesus following her, mm-hmm. and so, and that's another another good point that I don't think we've brought up this whole time. What is they act? What are they actually calling her? Lilith. Lilith. Thank you. Lilith, this whole time they're calling her Lilith. Yes, because, you know, I was a stickler on names earlier. Yes. (laughs) And I didn't even follow my own. We dropped the ball Uh, the whole time. It's very important, though, because uh, they don't, they they not not once once in this entire episode call her Mary. Yes. And so not once have they, they called her Mary. And here comes um, Jesus following her. This stranger, this guy, like she doesn't know who this guy is he's following her out of the bar uh and does she does she say like does she turn around and be like yo who are you like what are you doing no does she she's say anything she's continuously saying like uh stop following me stop following me and and there you get that pinnacle moment of yep. like and you can take that pin right out of what we told you to pin uh, at the very start of the episode and what's and, he say? What's well, the first thing he says, well, the first thing he says is Mary, Mary Magdalene. And instantly she drops her, her glass and the clay sh- glass shatters on the ground. And, and it's because it's, it's clearly the name that was her father probably used with her and that she probably left her family name years ago and gone mm. by Lilith. And it's something that probably no one in that town really knew that it's Mary Magdalene. So right there, it was like that instant thing. And and I think that's where, what I love about it is that, I don't know if you're a non-believer and you're listening and you're like, I, I, whatever. But I think being a person that came to back to my faith, I think it well at 30 years old, I spent a lot of years, not it's when you, when you get that reintroduction to it, it's something like that. I, I don't know how to explain it um, fully without, you know, I'm not going to go into like my whole story right now or anything, but like the, it's something very similar to that. Like there's just something there that is just, you can't explain. That's not 
known in that, like to anyone else that's speaking to you in, in, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so deep that like only you can truly understand in that moment that of what is of, of, of who is calling you. So I I loved that moment. They, they just did it so well. I mean, I think even some of the scenes up until this part, you're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, there's a fight scene. There's this. And then like you get to this and it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's a tearjerker, you know, Oh yeah, because it's, uh, it's, you know, Mary Magdalene, she drops the glass and instantly he starts reciting, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah, um, 40, 43 again, which what her dad would, you know, um, mm-hmm. you you know, thus says the, the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. And you are mine. And and he literally called her by her name. Yes. And and that is like, like you were just saying. <laughs> and so she just turns around and it's like instantly in that moment, it's like instantly in that moment, Jesus called to her and she listened because there it's it's like one of those moments that only God that's what I love. They alluded it to earlier is that only God <clears throat> could have cured her from this, or only God could have um done this and in that moment she understands that Um, and even like to a more like uh i don't even know where i was like what word i was thinking of using (laughs) but like even more specifically like only god would know Mm -hmm. at this point her actual name and only god would know how important that specific scripture is and what it means to her. Uh, and it's just like, she literally just got done destroying that and almost destroying herself. Wow. And here it is uh, at this point, like nobody knows who Jesus is. Like they've, you know, I, I don't even know how long they've talked about the, the Messiah coming uh, and returning. <clears throat> um, so like, like 400 years. Yeah. But like, nobody knows he has arrived yet. And once they find out he has arrived, like he is not what they were expecting. So like, she doesn't know this guy from any other stranger. Like, so exactly like you're saying to her, like she understands within her being like, this can only be God Mm -hmm. speaking through this man, uh, because nobody knows this about me. Right. Um, and just like, like, again, like you were saying to describe that feeling and how important, like it feels like how, like the amount of love that you feel in those moments that you have like that with God, like it truly is undescribable, but man, they do a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. of demonstrating like what those moments look like yeah because she doesn't say a word she it's like zero hesitation straight into jesus's arms like weeping (laughs) yeah and and i think that i mean if you just listen to thousands of i guess you would call them testimonials right of of people that had these moments they're all so close to that I feel, you know, just in take out all the finer details and you put it to this 
this moment of like you're walking in one direction and and you're you're doing a 180 and that and actually physically that's what she did she's walking one direction away from him and she does a 180 into the arms and mm-hmm. and in that moment yeah he didn't say like oh hey mary magdalene i am jesus i am god i, yeah. I mean you didn't say any of that but there's yeah. something deeper that she under and i don't i don't i don't want to imply that like she turned around and said this is god but like this is like you said you said it good is that it's god speaking through this like i don't know what this is but i fully trust it and yeah. i'm going to break down my wall right here and and uh it's so great too because if you look at like what he says like he does literally like call her by name and in that act mm-hmm. like literally redeems her <laughs> from yeah. her affliction and it's just like when you put all of that together and again i'm i'm watching this from a believer like i've i've been saved like that's the viewpoint I'm coming at this from. Um, so I don't know if this would have a similar impact on a non-believer, but like, man, just like hearing him, like fulfill that, what he is saying in the moment he's saying it. And then like seeing Mary have that realization, it's just like, yeah, almost waterworks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and there's so many moments like that in this show and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess from a perspective of a non-believer, I think it's, it's, you know, I was in that, that state for a long time and it's really like, you can't see something if you're never looking for it. So I, I think that's, that's one thing is that as soon as you, allow yourself in that moment to actually see that it's like if she wasn't actually enthralled by that dove she would have never made it back there there is a level of like you have to open your mind towards something to actually mm. give yourself a chance to see it i mean it's it's with yeah. anything you know yeah and spoiler alert if anyone doesn't know dove obviously is a uh, used as a symbol of the holy spirit so you mm-hmm. kind of have I mean, this is like pre-Jesus giving us the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but, you know, we have that symbolization. Um, That's a terrible word, but like the dove, the dove leading her to where she needs to be to have that divine appo- appointment with Jesus, right? Um, so it's cool, cool little uh, thing going on there. But yeah, that's, that wraps up the episode and... Um, a great first episode. Um, we get some introduction to some key characters, both in the series and in the the New Testament. Um, and yeah, I just after watching the, you know, obviously this is the first episode. Uh, I came into this initially like kind of rolling my eyes, like Becca asking me to watch this show with her. I'm like. Okay, I'm like, sure, if it will make you happy, we can, I'll watch this with you. Um, And I had zero expectation for the show. And this episode hooked me 
Um, I thought the presentation, the quality, the cinematography, the acting, like hooked me, right? Because it, it looks, sounds, feels good to watch. Uh, but by the time you get to the end here, like it delivers two on the message, right? Mm-hmm. And, and seeing that interaction with Jesus and Mary. And so for me, this episode kind of captures all the things you kind of want in a Christian piece of media <laughs> that is palatable. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, I also, I think it just really, I think you said it in that, but. I think it really stays true to the actual message of the gospel. I, I think, and, and that's what the show kind of has done for me so far. Like it, it emphasizes these finer details in a way that, that allows them to not be the pinnacle of, of it, you know, and it keeps the message very, um, it stays true to the message, you know, like those, those finer qualities, like what you see with the redemption of, of Mary Magdalene, um, Mm. the questioning of the Pharisee. And, you know, I, I think it really starts to hit what the new Testament really, um, did to that culture already. You can start to see it happening. And so, Mm. um, yeah, I mean, episode one, I feel like there's so many more to unpack. Well, seven more of this season, and then yeah, you know, eight uh, about, more of the next. <laughs> yeah, about 15 more to be exact before yeah. the third season comes out. Yeah. Uh, 16, if you want to count the Christmas special. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. again, we'll be hitting the Christmas special. I think we'll be finishing this up, I think, a week before Christmas. So we'll just Perfect. have this this big Christmas episode and it was like a bunch totally of totally planned and... out. I mean, we totally sat down uh-huh. and calculated the dates <laughs> of when we would record and release a hundred percent to make that. Yeah, happen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, if you're this far into the episode, man, that's really awesome. Hope you got something out of it. Um, hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, let us know in the comments, what you thought about this show. Um, and yeah, make sure you subscribe here uh, if you're watching this on the Showboys uh, platform of, you know, network of platforms. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Nerdy Bible uh, network of platforms, uh, follow and subscribe and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you visit James's website, thenerdybible.com, yeah. uh, where you can find some cool blog pieces uh, approaching uh, these spiritual topics from both a spiritual and a, an academic approach. Um, you know, basically doing his best Nicodemus impersonation here <laughs> in these modern times. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can go over to showboysmedia.com if you want to check that out too. Um, yeah, you got anything else you want to say before we jump off here? No, not really. Um, just excited about next next uh episode yes and the next episode i believe will be happening after i return from the beach where again i will probably be sweaty but hopefully our air conditioner will be fixed yeah uh, but you will not be uh missing a week so you'll get your your standard weeks i think uh that's right, that's right. i don't know if we've been, mentioned it i'm i think we're gonna be releasing on what tuesdays 
every yep. every Tuesday it's going to be released. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm on all your well, most of your major um, podcast. Apparently, <laughs> it takes a lot to get your podcast set up on every single. Um, uh yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's it's fun, but you'll yeah. get there. So you'll if get you there. click a broken link, just click the next link. Yeah. <laughs> or just listen to it on marybible.com. Yeah. Um, anywhere. But yeah. Uh, thank you guys again, and we'll see you, or you'll hear us next week. <laughs> Have a good one. See ya. yeah the galaxy is there some there's something hidden in there well just what do you see happening on that screen? oh are you kidding <laughs> that is so cool <laughs>